Warning! This episode contains profanity and mentions people that no one should look up to. The inclusion of controversial topics, ideas, and figures in this episode are used to portray our culture honestly to the people of the future. This episode is not for the easily offended. That being said, it's a podcast. Don't be a baby. Hello, everybody. My name is Jason Peters. I'm a writer and producer based out of the greater Philadelphia area, and you are listening to my podcast series, 2100, where the people of 2019 leave behind their voices and stories specifically to communicate with the people of the future. I was yearning to do a podcast episode about something I'm an expert in, and being a 23-year-old, my primary expertise is in stupidity. This episode will be the most time capsule-like episode, and I'll explain that in a bit. This episode is pretty straightforward. In 5000 BC, 500 BC, 50 AD, 1999, 1742, 2019, or in 2100, stupid people exist. Something we can't do is pretend that the world is only filled with smart people doing smart things. And I'm not going to do a deep dive on stupid people and what makes a stupid person, but here's what I have to say on the matter. It's not IQ, it's not beliefs, it's not accomplishment. I've met dumbass millionaires and smartass felons. I've talked to stupid clergymen and astute religious scholars. Allow me, as a stupidity connoisseur, to provide my definition for stupidity. Stupidity. Noun. Temporary exhibition of behavior that lacks logical explainability. And anybody could be stupid, bud. You've been stupid, I've been stupid, I'd argue that I spend most of my day intentionally being stupid, because the facts of life say that everything that is fun in life is a little bit stupid. Roller coasters? Stupid. Theme parks? Stupid. Drugs? Stupid. Sex with strangers? Stupid. Movies? Jeeps? Motorcycles? Video games? Candy? Dildos? Sports? Politics? Podcasts? All of it. Anything that could be considered unproductive or without rationale is by definition stupid. We deal with it and we tolerate so much stupidity in our daily lives that we barely even think about it. Think about the existence of Roger Goodell. To the people of the future, Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the National Football League, the NFL. And if football is still a thing in 2100, that's very interesting. Um, basically he's a man that gets paid $40 million a year to be mean to the world about football. He's essentially the king of football. He gets to make decisions about whether or not players can dance on the field. $40 million. There is so much stupidity in the world. Consider the past where pleasure was an afterthought. There was no television, movies, video games, and further than that, there was no large-scale manufacturing of toys or content. To the people of the past, musicians that have hundreds of millions of streams on Spotify and Apple Music would sound like alien noises and nonsense. Our brains and our sensibilities change depending on the options given to us. And in the future, the options are going to be batshit crazy. Look at how far our current culture has gone. And 
Just because technology gets better does not mean that we're going to use it the right way. Sex robots. Remember sex robots, because that's coming in the future, man. Sex robots. That's what we're going to put our time towards, just like how 30% of the internet is pornography. Pornography. No matter who you are or when you are alive, odds are that either you're a dumb person or there is a dumb person nearby. Pornography. This episode is going to be like any of the other episodes. We're going to showcase various people and stupid things they do, the stupid things I do. We're going to be open and honest and highlight some of the past and present's dumbest stories for the people of the future to look into by using a fast-paced montage episode filled with clips that have no explanation to get the stupidity across. From this point on, no more exposition from me. Jason's keeping his goddamn mouth shut. I won't be butting in until it's over, baby. This episode is just pure, unadulterated stupidity through the years and into the future. Because there is no mention of all the stupid shit humans do in any textbooks. So, I would like to help the people of the present leave behind a legacy of stupidity. Here is my avant-garde approach to a podcast series, my Sistine Chapel of stupidity. I present to you a museum-worthy display of nonsense. Use common sense when listening to this episode to understand what exactly I'm calling stupid. It can get a little tricky at some points. And if you can't understand this episode, I don't know. Maybe you're stupid. Let's go. got him on racketeering and firearms charges dude you're going to prison so who all arrested it was a joint effort it was the nypd atf and homeland security at least he didn't have to face the two things he fears most i fear god Mm -hmm. and i fear the fbi neither one of them showed up but possibly due to Takashi's alleged gang ties, he's been busted for racketeering, a charge that implies he's part of an organized criminal enterprise. He could go down harder than a mobster in cement shoes. This is crazy. You remember it was just a couple weeks ago a judge said, stay out of trouble or else you're going to go to prison. And since 6ix9ine's already on probation in his child sex and assault cases, he's probably going to stay there. You remember it was just a couple weeks ago a judge said, stay out of trouble or else you're going to go to prison. And since 6ix9ine's already on probation in his child sex and assault cases, he's probably going to stay there. Unless anyone's got a crazy theory from the internet. This is what the internet is asking. Takashi has an album coming out on Friday. 
Is there any oh, no. chance? Oh, come on. Is there any chance that this whole thing is some kind of ruse by Takashi? If Takashi has put together all of this to promote this album, he is the king of trolls. This is a federal indictment. Like, that is. <laughs> this is a federal indictment. Like, <laughs> As the sun's rays reached the Earth's surface, some are absorbed and re-emitted as heat. Greenhouse gases, such as water vapor and carbon dioxide, absorb and re-radiate some of this heat. Increased amounts of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere mean more heat is trapped, warming the Earth. Human activities, especially the burning of fossil fuels, have increased concentrations of atmospheric carbon dioxide by 40%, mainly since 1900. Global average surface temperature has increased by 0.8 degrees Celsius over that time. Other changes to the climate in recent decades can be seen in the warming of the oceans, a rise in sea level, decreasing snow and ice cover in the northern hemisphere, and a decline in sea ice in the Arctic. If emissions continue unchecked, then further warming of 2.6 to 4.8 degrees Celsius would be expected by the end of this century. Even at the low end, this would have serious implications for human societies and the natural world. First, the climate has always changed. But it is changing faster than before. Temperature records that go back for many decades show a clear upward trend. The last 20 years have included some of the hottest on record. As a result, the oceans are rising, and we can measure that. We know that water expands when it gets hotter, and ice that's sitting on land is also melting and pouring into the oceans. Hurricane Sandy in 2012 is an example of the dangers of rising ocean waters, a relatively small storm made catastrophic from rising water. And these changes are exactly what climate scientists predicted when they first noticed that we're pumping more greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Those gases trap heat, and sooner or later, they said, it will get warmer. And that's changing the weather. Now, you can't blame every big storm or heat wave on climate change, but the overwhelming majority of climate scientists agree that a warmer world means different weather, maybe way different. 
You know, we live in a society that depends on predictability. If we make the weather unpredictable, more people are going to suffer from flooding, heat waves, more intense storms. So we've already seen the world's average temperature rise about one and a half degrees Fahrenheit since the late 1800s. And there's more warming already baked into the atmosphere that we can expect to see in coming decades. But it's not too late to keep a lid on warming. It won't be easy and it won't be cheap. But at least we know the solution. Change the way we use energy and the land. I don't want to give trillions and trillions of dollars. I don't want to lose millions and millions of jobs. I don't want to be put at a disadvantage. I wish you could go to Greenland, uh, watch these huge chunks of ice just falling into the ocean, raising the sea levels. And you don't know whether or not that would have happened with or without man. You don't know. Well, you're scientists. You're scientists at no, NOAA and NASA. No, we have, we have scientists that disagree with that. You know, I, I was thinking... What if he said, no, I've seen the hurricane situations, I've changed my mind. There really is climate change. And I thought, wow, what an impact. What an impact well, that denying, would make. I'm not denying climate change, but it could very well go back. You know, we're talking about well, over millions of years. It. They say that we had hurricanes that were far worse than what we just had with Michael. Who says that? They say. You mean well, the people, people, say, the people say that in the... Yeah, but what about the scientists who say it's worse than ever? Uh, you'd have to show me the scientists because they have a very big political agenda, Leslie. I can't Look, bring them Scientists in. also have a political agenda. Climate change is already affecting us now. Now. Smart move, Obama. That is a key shift in how to talk about climate change because we've all proven that we cannot be trusted with the future tense. We've been repeatedly asked, don't you want to leave a better earth for your grandchildren? And we've all collectively responded, eh, fuck them. <laughs> but, incredibly, this latest damning scientific report may still face an uphill climb with some of us. There's that Gallup poll that came out last month which found one in four Americans is skeptical of all the effects of climate change and thinks this issue's been exaggerated. Who gives a shit? That doesn't matter. You don't need people's opinions on a fact. You, you might as well have a poll asking which number is bigger, 15 or 5. Or do owls exist? Or are there hats? The, the debate on climate change should not be whether or not it, it exists. It's what we should do about it. There is a mountain of research on this topic. Global temperatures are rising. Heat waves are becoming more common. Sea surface temperatures are also rising. Glaciers are melting. And, of course, no climate report is complete without the obligatory photo of a polar bear balancing on a piece of ice. <laughs> uh, the only accurate way to report that one out of four Americans are sceptical of global warming is to say, a poll finds that one out of four Americans are wrong about something. <laughs> because a survey of thousands of scientific papers... Uh, that took a position on climate change, found that 97% endorsed the position that humans are causing global warming. I'm, hij I'm hijacking the conversation, hijacking the conversation. The one question, one question for the room. He is, they, they put him in as an, as an extra. John, John, Jack, Jay, or Brian, anyone who's got a good answer to this question. There's a question to make it on the podcast. What is the dumbest thing you've ever done or something stupid that you consistently do and do not change, or something stupid you do that no one would ever do in 2100. You got it? Yeah, I was gonna say, I got some so, I have this thing where I, um, 
I believe that the world's going to end and I feel like the government's going to take control of the shit. So I have this habit of going into every Apple store in every city that I go to and creating an email account that's separate from me so that I, if they ever wanted to track me and like, I, and I give it to specific people, I let them know that, hey, this is the email account. If you get an email from this email, shit's going, shit's going wrong. Like you need to come find me. So what is it? So what is your plan? What are you doing? What are you accomplishing? I create an email at every every Apple Apple store store in every city. Yep, that I visit, and it's just so that if the world ends, because you're afraid of the world ending. Yeah. So you're constantly terrified that the world will end. Yeah. So your reaction to that is weird Apple store behavior. No, that is stupid. That counts. It qualifies. It is stupid, and it's not. It's not that the world ends. It's that I feel like (laughs) if people are trying to track me. I want to be able to find... So, oh, wait. So you're creating emails to throw people off your digital yes. sense. Like, I that, that's very stupid. It is. <laughs> they, they got your car. I, they got your car. They got your phone. I, I, no, 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 that's very stupid. It qualifies. It qualifies. It qualifies. I email in different names that I find amusing to myself. Like, one was... Oliver Why would Freeman. that help you? I, I don't know. Like, like I said, yeah, it's, it's stupid. stupid. It's very stupid, and that works. And then, I, I don't think we're going to get dumber than that. <laughs> I mean, I got, I got, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty smart as an individual, but uh, <laughs> when, I, uh, when I was like 16, 17, probably the dumbest shit was just like getting caught shoplifting. That shit I've shoplifted and so, also. That's not dumb. So, it's dumb. Uh, dumb. It's, it's dumb. pretty stealing because you don't even know if they have cameras. No, I mean, you could tell you, you tell your story. Like, tell it. Tell so, it. Tell when did you get caught. So basically what happened was. <laughs> I was never a bad person, and then I got I let a couple people influence. I've stolen. Me. St- I, I'm a good person. And I steal. Yeah, my one, I don't steal anymore. And my one friend, uh, he uh, he fucking um, he's got. I watched him steal out of J.C. Penney's, stole some dumb shit, and I watched him just walk out. So I guess I just got the assumption that oh, I could just walk out of anywhere and never get caught. So then I went into Sears with him. And just put some shit in a, like a bat, like a different bag of like another store, you know, the basic shoplifting. Stealing. And then, uh, you know, I got, uh, no, I got, I got caught on camera. When they caught you, uh, caught you. Did you get arrested? Uh, nah, I was 16, so I had to go to court though and all that other shit. I Um, stole with my mom. I was at the store with my mom. Sorry, mom. And uh, we were at Oxford Valley Mall. Well, I was at Oxford Valley Mall, too. Yeah, I, and I went to Hollister, and I threw a shirt in my bag to steal from my girlfriend for Christmas. Not my bag. I threw it in my pocket. As soon as I walked out the wait, door... Yo, so wait, wait, what date was it? Because I was stealing Christmas gifts, too. Were <laughs> 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 we stealing on the same day? I was dead ass. I was like a 22nd or 23rd. Like it was so really... Early, but I was really young, too. Oh, I was yeah. obscenely young. I was, like, at the mall with my mom young. Oh. Like 15, 16. I put a shirt in my I was pocket. 16. I just wasn't with my mom. Uh, well, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was dating Shelby. So, Shelby. yeah, I was, yeah I was, it was early high school. I put a shirt in my pocket. I ran out. The John went off. I sprinted out of the John, out of the mall, laid underneath a car, and then took the shirt and I threw it underneath another car. And if anyone caught me, I was going to ditch the shirt. But uh, I didn't get caught. I was laying on the car, like, a few cars away from my mom's, 
So I saw my mom walking. I popped up. And I was like, yo, ma, hey. And yes. uh, when she got in the car, I ran and grabbed the shirt real quick. Got my mom's car and I stole it without getting caught. Yeah, I ain't do all that. I just took I my L. I just, Ooh, uh, I, just I, took, I just took my L in peace and let the bull, like, I what? walked out and the uh, security guy grabbed me. I just let him take me. I was like, <laughs> well, I did that. I know y'all seen that shit. So. And let's take it over here. It's a all flow right. of stupidity. All right, so in college, I, um, I felt like I had to... Uh, facilitate excitingness with my friends. <laughs> I understand that needs um, so <laughs> you. We would, we would, <laughs> yeah. So we would be we would be we would be out at the bar. We would be out at the bar and there was this um it's almost like a punching bag game. Where oh, you we know rate, you're punching it. You punch you, the bag. You punch. You put in like a dollar and you punch the bag and it gives you like a it's rating. You punch it. It's a big like tough yeah. guy thing. Yeah, big. So yeah. I would I would look at my Snapchat. I would look at my friends and be like, "Yo, you guys, you guys got a dollar? Want to see some some ignorant shit?" And, they would, <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, "I mean, of course we do. Like, we know you're about to do something extremely dumb." Mm. So. I take the dollar, put, of course I go straight to the punching bag machine, <laughs> I put it in, I line it up for about, and it's very crowded, I'm in like a hallway of a bar, very crowded, I clear people out, I start like taking like some crow hops, like <laughs> lining it up, getting people like looking at me, and after like, like five to, five minutes of lining it up, I straight up wind up like I'm about to punch it with my hand, and smack it with my face. <laughs> And I do that three times in a row, like <laughs> over fifteen minutes, and I wake up the next day like with a concussion, like, pretty much minorly concussed. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna need some ibuprofen to cool this one down. No, Jesus Christ! <laughs> but yeah, I could. I, but that game is stupid. That game is a trap. The game itself is just and a drinking alcohol trap. around the game. Happy birthday to you. A couple observations of Sweet 16 parties. Number one, you only get one in your lifetime. And number two, shouldn't be there. But it was. Number two, that is. At Jacinda's Sweet 16 party in Levittown Sunday evening. And it came from the sky. We are standing at ground zero. Yeah, absolutely. Right here. This was the spot. Joe Cambray, Jacinda's stepfather, was playing horseshoes in the backyard. Others were swimming. About 40 people were there when it started raining. Only it wasn't raining. And out of nowhere from the sky comes a bunch of feces, lands on here very hard. It slammed into the middle of his canopy, the canopy he just bought hours earlier to give his guests a little protection from the elements, not realizing, of course, which element he'd be protecting them from. Landed on the baby seat that was here. We'll spare you the close-up. Trust us, it's there. We just got done with cake, thank God. We took the cake back in because within two minutes, something fell from the sky. It was brown. It was everywhere. It got on everything. I grabbed the hose, immediately start lining things up, and I took the canopy, put it in the lawn to start washing off. Planes above me. Joe's tech-savvy sister grabbed her smartphone and used an app to figure out five planes were flying above them at that moment. Not that the information offered much comfort right then. Your face says yeah, it all. Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> I was eating cake, and then I just heard a big splat. Splat is a pretty good description. Here's another. It looked like if 100 birds flew over and went to the bathroom all simultaneously, it would, that's what it looked like. Definitely not legal. She's right. The FAA tells us all airplanes are required to dispose of the waste at an airport, which means in airport lingo, Jacinda's Sweet 16 party certainly should have qualified as a duty-free zone. And everybody was not very happy. Happy birthday, dear Jacinda.
Christmas and uh... Well, every year, hundreds of children die from something called the choking game. Leslie, good evening. A letter was sent home to parents last week alerting them of the one incident here at Hernandez Middle School. It was a warning letter to parents. The choking game is a way for kids to get high, but to get that lightheaded feeling, a person tries to suffocate or strangle themselves with various objects. It can cause serious brain damage and even death. This is definitely something that cuts across all different ages, all socioeconomic levels, and it doesn't matter whether it's middle school or high school. I have heard of cases even as, as, as far down as elementary school. In the letter that went home, parents are alerted to signs and symptoms to look for. Ask questions if your child complains of severe headaches, if they display an unusual need for privacy, if they have raspy breath, they are disoriented after spending time alone, if you find belts, ties, ropes, and other objects around the house, and if your child has bloodshot eyes and marks around their neck, it's time to ask questions. It's the latest head-scratching social media craze, and 16-year-old Chris Oseguera has done it. Oh. Yeah, I could taste the chemical. This is not a good thing to taste. Teens intentionally ingesting highly toxic Tide laundry pods and posting the videos to YouTube challenging others to do the same. Now YouTube says it will remove the videos because they encourage dangerous activities. No, 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 no. It comes days after football star Rob Gronkowski teamed up with Tide, urging kids to stop. What the heck is going on, people? Consumer groups are also sounding the alarm. It really has gone too far. And the teenagers that are doing this need to understand that this is reckless, that this is a poisonous substance that they're putting into their bodies. Detergent pods already under fire for resembling candy. Last year, poison control centers reported more than 10,000 kids under the age of five coming into contact with the pods. It's too early for numbers on older kids intentionally ingesting them. Osagera's video has already been taken off YouTube. Why did you do this? What made you do this? <laughs> it's just I really wanted the views and I thought, and, and I guess that I, I think I wanted to try it. He's now posted it to Twitter, a quest for more clicks as social media cracks down on this dangerous new trend. Blake McCoy, NBC News, Chicago. Hey, NBC News fans, thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Our YouTube channel. Subscribe. <laughs> it's just I really wanted the views, and I thought... Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe. <laughs> it's just how I really wanted the views, and I thought... Simply type the word eyeballing on YouTube, and you may not believe your eyes. From Vegas to Great Britain, people tossing vodka into their eye sockets has become an Internet sensation. I got some young people believe it gets them drunk faster because the alcohol goes straight to their blood vessels. Of course it made me cringe. Dr. Kevin Skelsey is a Lee Summit ophthalmologist. He says the assumption that eyeballing gets a person drunk faster is false. Go, go, go! But the damage is real. It can burn the cornea and basically create like a chemical pink eye. For the risk, like kids our generation are big risk takers. I think we just like to find risks and like to fit in with everybody else. Allie and Megan are members of Youth with Vision, a high school group that tries to educate teens on dangerous trends like eyeballing. Youth with Vision, like eyeballing. What is uh, something really stupid that you do? Huh, something really stupid I do? I'll yeah, just something, it, it, it could be anything, but something like that's just like, like stupid, like a stupid thing you do 
or that you've done anything. Whatever well, that means to you. I toy collect. And, uh... Um, well, why, do you call, why do you classify it as stupid? Well, in the grand scheme of everyday life, it's something that I don't necessarily have to do, but I choose to do it. With that being said... And what, when you say toy collecting, what is it? So, uh, I go to stores, and I will... It's it's a hunt, pretty much, to look for certain figures or to see... That you want find. or that other people want? No, that I want. That I personally want. Sometimes you find... And why do you things. want these... I display them. I don't know. Sometimes it's really cool to just get... That's what I defined as, like, the uh, definition for stupidity. I know. I wrote it. No, it was, um... Temporary exhibition of behavior that lacks logical explainability. Oh, that's... Yeah. There's... The the only explanation I have is that I like to collect characters that that pique my interest, that are cool. Sometimes I have certain Like, what kind of characters? What's your favorite toy, and what's the most expensive toy you've ever bought? Oh, that's fine. I usually collect the Star Wars, the Marvels, Transformers, and everything. See, people are going to think I'm making fun of you because I'm calling this stupid. Oh, I, I don't know. And I am making fun of you in a way. <laughs> you know what? Funny enough, guess what? There was, um, you know Howard Stern. Yeah. So uh, a couple of years, we had a, one of the representatives from the Howard Stern show was at a convention I went to that was in Jersey. And he interviewed me. I was dressed as Optimus Prime. And, yeah, I, I blatantly said it in the voice and everything. And he was, of course, me. In what voice? Oh, in the Optimus Prime voice. Can, like, you, can you do that? Yeah. So it's, it's the stupidity episode. Would you like me to do the entire episode in my Optimus Prime voice? Just give me one more. Give me your strongest Optimus Prime in voice. Freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Jared. It is so stupid, but it's it's a pleasant stupid. Uh, like like toys, I have fun with it. like all of that stuff. It is it's a genuinely like it's a wholehearted stupid, like a sliding board. Yeah, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Free, free, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. As the name suggests, a pyramid scheme is an investment scam which revolves around current investors receiving money by recruiting new members. The new members will receive money by recruiting other people, and so on. Let's assume Peter starts a pyramid scheme where the cost of being a member is $100 per month. He promises to pay people $90 monthly for each person they get to join and keeps $10. Paul and George pay Peter directly and join. Therefore, Peter now makes $200 per month. Paul then invites Rachel and Sarah, whereas George invites Bill and Jim. Peter now makes $240 per month, whereas Paul and George make $180 monthly, but are left with $80 after paying their $100 fee. The four newest members, however, aren't making any money and have to pay $100 monthly. If they don't manage to get new people to join, they'll quit. This means Paul and George won't make money anymore, so they'll quit too if they don't get new members, making the pyramid scheme collapse. A Ponzi scheme, on the other hand, also relies on new money coming in to pay existing investors, but with one exception. The investors don't know this. They're being lied to and think it's a legitimate investment. This is what Bernie Madoff got away with for decades. He convinced people he generated returns by trading, when in fact, he was simply using money from new members to pay existing ones. Some people think our entire financial system is a Ponzi scheme because it needs perpetual growth, but... What about today? In a nutshell, banks are in the risk management business. This is a simplified version of the way it works. 
people keep their money in banks and receive a small amount of interest. The bank takes this money and lends it out at much higher interest rates. It's a calculated risk because some of the lenders will default on their credit. This process is essential for our economic system because it provides resources for people to buy things like houses or for industry to expand their businesses and grow. So banks take funds that are unused by savers and turn them into funds society can use to do stuff. Other sources of income for banks include accepting saving deposits, the credit card business, buying and selling currencies, custodian business and cash management services. The main problem with banks nowadays is that a lot of them have abandoned their traditional role as providers of long-term financial products in favor of short-term gains that carry much higher risks. During the financial boom, most major banks adopted financial constructs that were barely comprehensible and did their own trading in a bid to make fast money and earn their executives and traders millions in bonuses. This was nothing short of gambling and damaged whole economies and societies. Like back in 2008, when banks like Lehman Brothers gave credit to basically anyone who wanted to buy a house and thereby put the bank in an extremely dangerous risk position. This led to the collapse of the housing market in the US and parts of Europe, causing stock prices to plummet, which eventually led to a global banking crisis and one of the largest financial crises in history. Hundreds of billions of dollars just evaporated. Millions of people lost their jobs and lots of money. Most of the world's major banks had to pay billions in fines and bankers became some of the least trusted professionals. The US government and the European Union had to put together huge bailout packages to purchase bad assets and stop the banks from going bankrupt. New regulations were put into force to govern the banking business. Compulsory bank emergency funds were enforced to absorb shocks in the event of another financial crisis. But other pieces of tough new legislation were successfully blocked by the banking lobby. Today, other models of providing financing are gaining ground fast. Wednesday, July 30th at 9. Even the Sharknadoes are tougher in New York. Only on Sci-Fi. Somebody got a haircut. Uh-oh. Yeah, Big Show is... So that officially means, Big Show, that you are no longer a long-haired, seven-feet, 500-pound piece of monkey crap. No, you are not. You are a short-haired, seven-feet, 500-pound piece of steaming, stinking, grade-A monkey crap! Because that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard a person doing. Could, would you mind telling that story? Nah, yeah, sure. So, you don't have to say names. So, uh, we're at LaSalle with my ex at a party. I'm not too worried about it. Nah. Anyway, so I'm at this college at a party. Um, my ex is there. 
and one thing leads to another, and you know, we end up going to go home. With yeah, yeah. As, as you go, can, as as one does, as, they go home with do. their ex. Yeah, you're you're out and drunk, and you know, you see your ex, and <laughs> yeah, you you know how it all works. So. Yeah, that's what happens. You see your yeah. ex, and then either. It goes really bad. Well, it goes really badly. No either matter way, what. it's not. Like but either way, it's ones. like a, a bunch of glaring. Yeah. Or it's um, go on. Yeah. So uh, we Uber back to my apartment, <clears throat> and I had gone out with my roommate and a friend who were staying in our house as well, and uh, I forgot my keys. So I they had went back earlier in the night already, and I told them like when they left, you know, all right. I'm going to stay here because I was still trying to hook up with my ex. Yeah, as one does. Um, and uh, he said, all right, you guys, like, you know, you have to be awake to let me in or call or wake up when I call you. So, obviously, they both say, yeah. So, I trust How late? Them. How late are you thinking? Uh, I was probably like 1, okay. 1, 1.30 maybe. Um, not crazy late. <clears throat> and then, yeah, so we were back and I'm calling them and they're not answering and I'm freaking out and I live on the ground floor. So I, uh, but like the ground floor where it's like actually kind of below ground a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the window is right at ground level. Mm-hmm. And it's your bedroom. And it's like on ground yeah, level. You don't even have to climb. You actually have to go down. So I climb into the backyard through our like unkempt the, forest that was There's back weeds. There. This yeah, is in the weeds. thick of North Philly. And like, uh. Temple's canvas. A small tree growing back there at one point. Yeah, it was not great. Through like that and like garbage bags, it was really disgusting. <laughs> Needles, shit. It was, glass, like, wet. No, it was yeah, bad. bad. But anyway, so we get to the window and I hop down and I'm thinking, oh, I can just slide. Was, it over. Here's a question I've never asked about this story. How close to you did she have to go through the trenches? No, no, no. she's sitting in, at, in the, front the front door. door at the front. That door. is amazing. She's at the front door and I walk in and then uh, so yeah, so I go through the back. And I'm standing at the window and I'm trying to get it, but the wet temple or. The North Philly, yeah, <laughs> North Philly right. windows has, they all had bars on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way it was, I couldn't open it and push the bars in. Yeah, you can't open it from the outside. Yeah, the which is what, yeah. So I'm, I'm getting frustrated sitting there. Drunk. Drunk and horny and, <laughs> and you know, being an idiot. And uh, I give a little, God damn it, and I kick as hard as I can, not even thinking about it. Yeah. And it shatters everywhere. <laughs> And it, oh, it goes inside my room. It goes room. directly in your room. And my favorite part is it goes on your bed. On my bed, on my desk, on every, everything. Scrap the plans. So I'm sitting there and I'm staring at this window. I'm thinking, fuck, how am I gonna, what am I going to do? And uh, whoever lived upstairs at the time, we like, I was like someone I like kind of knew. Yeah, like, someone you'd met, seen. Met like one time, but me like wouldn't know who I was. And so the it's not even his apartment. Yeah. It's his, his girlfriend's. And, he leans out and says, um, hey, what, like, what was that? And I was like, oh, sorry, I live here. I just kicked my own window. <laughs> and he said, oh, well, I just called the cops because we thought someone was breaking in. And I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> I just left. Yeah, looking out for you, yeah. which is nice. Went and uh, got my ex and told her we could not stay here. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not we, a place for staying We anymore. Ubered back to the house that the party was in and then That is also the not couch. a great move. Why? You could have slept in the house. I didn't. I, how Couch? did I get in? Oh yeah, you couldn't. Get, well, I the window. The, you, it, the hole in the window was not big enough to like get into, and there was also <laughs> broken glass everywhere. I was going to cut myself. More now on our investigation into the Church of Scientology. We got curious after reading a series of stories in the St. Petersburg's Times. 
We've been building on what we've learned for months. But as you'll see, not only does Scientology deny all the allegations, they say the people making them are liars out to destroy the church. The most senior leaders of the church made their objections clear for months, but would not sit down to talk about them, at least not without preconditions, until today. After our report, we'll be playing excerpts of those interviews. We want to make very clear, this is not a story about the philosophy of the church or the beliefs of its members. This is a story about alleged abuse within a religious organization and what those who have made the allegations say has happened to them. In late 03, there was a beating every day. And if it wasn't him doing it, it was from him inciting others to do it to others. In front of other people. In front of other people. Go along, baby. Morty Rathbun is the highest ranking former member of the Church of Scientology ever to speak out against its leader, David Miscavige. I was basically Mr. Fix-It for Scientology for a number of, well, a couple of decades, frankly. I mean, I was, wherever there was a fire, I, I was out there to put it out, whether it be, you know, counseling a VIP member or whether it be, you know, handling the PR from some suicide of a member or whether it be a lawsuit or whatever. Rathbun joined the church at the age of 19, devoting 27 years to Scientology. Before he left five years ago, he was a member of the Sea Organization, the international management team that runs the church. They sometimes wear naval-style uniforms. They're given room and board and earn just $50 a week. Rathbun became the inspector general, working for and reporting directly to David Miscavige. While Rathbun was there, he says Miscavige routinely assaulted church members. He treats his, his, his subordinates in, in all of international management like, um, like slaves in a slave camp and literally and beats them down. The idea of the leader of the church physically beating other members of the church seems to be completely against Scientology doctrine or what they're supposedly all about. You're right. They're absolutely diametrically opposed to the type of violence and beatdowns that this guy engages in and has created a culture of at the upper levels of Scientology. Scientology doctrine or what they're supposedly all about. Only the most dedicated are told the secrets of level three, in which Scientology's history of mankind is finally revealed. 75 million years ago, a tyrant named Xenu ruled the Galactic Confederation, a coalition of 76 planets. One of these planets was Tigak, which we now call Earth. The Confederation was suffering from an overpopulation problem. So Xenu had billions of people drugged and sent to Earth. He placed their paralyzed bodies around volcanoes into which he dropped hydrogen bombs. With the bodies now blown up, only the souls, or as Hubbard calls them, Thetans, were left. So they wouldn't try to return. Xenu captured these Thetans and implanted them with ideas like religion. The souls were left disorientated and clustered together. The Thetans entered whatever human bodies they could still find. According to Hubbard, these Thetans remain in our bodies and are the, the source, source of, of all human woes. Scientology aims to completely clear an individual of their body Thetans. I, I just find that such a deception that it's not until you've given woes. them $100,000, they say, oh, by the way, your body is infested with hundreds and thousands of invisible alien beings. How many people would join Scientology if they were told that on day one? 1967, the IRS ruled that the church's activities were commercial, and it lost its tax-exempt status. Hubbard refused to pay those taxes. Years of litigation followed, and lawsuits flooded the IRS. During that time, 73 to 77, something was happening under the surface to fight back. It was called Operation Snow White. Lawrence Wright said in his 2013 book, Going Clear, 
Nothing in American history can compare with the scale of the domestic espionage of Operation Snow White. The stated mission used freedom of information requests to remove information from government files that Hubbard thought discredited him and his organization. And what actually happened is Scientology agents broke into the IRS, bugged a conference room, the moles got jobs in government agencies, including the IRS, and stole documents. The FBI discovered Operation Snow White in 77. Two years later, 11 Scientology officials, including Hubbard's own wife, Mary Sue, were convicted of burglary, obstruction of justice, and theft of government property. They got jail time. Hubbard was named an unindicted co-conspirator in the case. In 1986, Hubbard died, but the fiscal fight continued. 1993, Scientology regained its status as a tax-exempt religion in a controversial IRS ruling. David Miscavige, now at the helm, offered to drop 2,500 separate lawsuits filed against the agency, according to the Los Angeles Times. A 25-year-old billion-dollar tax bill was settled for $12.5 million. Regained its status as a tax-exempt religion, Scientology claims that millions of people sign up for their services every year, but most estimates put membership lower, much lower, like in the tens or hundreds of thousands range. Most of their money is locked up in real estate holdings, which often escape tax bills. Fortune estimates that if Scientology ever lost its tax status again, it could get an annual tax bill of more than $20 million. All right, talk to me like I'm Osama bin Laden. And you see, I've never understood national pride. I've never understood ethnic pride. Because uh, I'm Irish, and I'm all four of my grandparents were born in Ireland, so I'm fully Irish. And when I was a kid, I would go to the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And I noticed that they sold a button that said, Proud to be Irish. And I could never understand that, because I knew that on Columbus Day, they sold a different button that said, Proud to be Italian. Then came Black Pride and Puerto Rican Pride. And I could never understand ethnic or national pride. Because to me, pride should be reserved for something you achieve or attain on your own, not something that happens by accident of birth. Being Irish... (laughs) Being Irish isn't a skill. It's a fucking genetic accident. You wouldn't say I'm proud to be 5'11". I'm proud to have a predisposition for colon cancer. So why the fuck would you be proud to be Irish or proud to be Italian or American or anything? If, hey, if you're happy with it, that's fine. Do that. Put that on your car. Happy to be an American. Be happy. Don't be proud. Too much pride as it is. Pride goeth before a fall. Never forget Proverbs, okay? Now, here's another slogan. Here's another slogan you run into all the time. God bless America. Once again, respectfully, I say to myself, what the fuck does that mean? God bless America? Is that a request? Is that a demand? Is that a suggestion? Politicians say it at the end of every speech, as if it were some sort of verbal tick that they can't get rid of. God bless you and God bless America. God bless you and God bless America. I guess they figure if they leave it out, someone's going to think they're bad Americans. Let me tell you a little secret about God, folks. God does not give a flying fuck about America, okay? He doesn't care. He never cared about this country. He never has. He never will. He doesn't care about this country any more than he cares about Mongolia, Transylvania, Pittsburgh, the Suez Canal, or the North Pole. He simply doesn't care, okay? He doesn't care. Listen, 
Hey, there are 200 countries in the world now. Do these people honestly think that God is sitting around picking out his favorites? Why would he do that? Why would God have a favorite country? And why would it be America out of all the countries? Because we have the most money? Because he likes our national anthem? Maybe it's because he heard we have 18 delicious flavors of classic rice-a-roni. It's delusional thinking. It's delusional thinking. And Americans are not alone with these sort of delusions. Let's rock! No. The world's so sad, bros. Pain, genocide, war, sexism, racism. But I've got to remember there's good things about it, too. Like the fact that none of that's happening to me. Score! Although it's hard not to be sad about it. How do y'all do it? I've been telling you guys terribly sad things this whole song. You haven't been sad at all. You've been you've been happy, no. You've been laughing. That's it, laughter, it's the key to everything. It's the way to solve all the sadness in the world. I mean, not for the people that are actually sad, but the people like us that gotta fucking deal with them all the time. Being a comedian isn't being an insensitive prick capitalizing on the most animalistic impulses of the public. It's being a hero. The world isn't sad. The world's funny. I'm a sociopath. I saw an old man slip and fall. Hey, what a fucking idiot. I saw a woman at her daughter's funeral. Ha, ha, ha. Classic comedy. Everything that once was sad. Is somehow funny now The Holocaust and 9-11 That shit's funny 24-7 Cause tragedy will be exclusively joked about Because my empathy is bumming me out Goodbye, sadness Hello, jokes romanticize the idea of stupidity, but in a way, stupidity is a bit like entropy. The chaos that we create breathes life into the world. If everything we did was intelligent or productive, the world would be boring, gray, and plastic. That beautiful montage of stupidity is hopefully something that the people of 2019 could listen to and enjoy, while also serving as a time capsule of thoughts and ideas from a very specific narrator to the people of 2100. There is a world of lunacy that we live in. To me, 
Stupidity does not have a particularly bad connotation. Despite many of the things you just heard being offensive, absurd, or against your school of thinking, a lot of it was funny. But in reality, where does the value lie? I chose many of these topics and people because I feel as if they are relatable to the people of the future. The people of 2100 will have artists who are outside of the box. They will have ideological battles that are obvious. They will tell stories of dumb mistakes. There will be scams. There will be dangerous fads. There will be people fighting for attention and trying hard to prove themselves. As far as stupidity goes, I asked my Instagram followers, and to the people of 2100, Instagram is an extremely popular social media app, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done? And people answered honestly, which is pretty dumb in its own right. Cassidy told a story of getting lost in Rome in search of cocaine and spending her night on public transport. Tori said getting pregnant young. Garrett mentioned pissing his pants in a stranger's car and then falling down a flight of stairs. Dave said spending $60,000 on a degree he didn't need. And Brendan is 24 but can't stop throwing up at the dentist. Stupidity means different things to different people. And notice how people were almost proud to share their dumbest moments with me there's something amazing about surviving your dumbest mistakes to me the dumbest things about 2019 are how difficult it can be for people to see each other's points of view i think it's stupid how our society operates on tearing one another down and i think it's stupid how seriously people take life all in all stupidity is the greatest part of being alive Thank you for indulging in the stupidity of my generation may the future be dumber than the past Happy 2100. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller and all we say is please at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel belted radios and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to riot, I don't want you to write to your congressmen because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it, my life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Special thanks to and content provided by Ben Volano, Dylan Hale, Bo Burnham, George Carlin, Eric Andre, PBS, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, Jason Derulo, Columbia Records, Sony, WWE, Kurtzagat, Sharknado, Fox 4, Takashi 69, The Network Movie, The Paramount Network, The 60 Minutes, John Oliver, HBO, Last Week Tonight, Barack Obama, Fat Baby Billionaire President, Royal Society, NPR, Newsy, One Minute Economics, and now, Louis Prima. Thank you for getting all the way to the end and getting past the credits. Here's a treat for this. 
thank you so much for getting here. And uh, thanks for listening. If, you, if you're this far in, that means you paid attention to all of those credits. And uh, that, that really means a lot. So, so thank you, genuinely. I got a woman as big as a house, yes, sir. She's as big as a two-family house with a porch and a fence. You won't believe what you see when you look at her. She's enormous, colossal, tremendous, gigantic, immense. Why I try to deny it? She's just what I like. If she goes on a diet, I'm on strike. The bigger the figure, the better I like her. The better I like her, the better I feed her. The better I feed her, the bigger the figure, the better the figure, the more I can love She's exactly like a watermelon, big and round and sweet. I ain't a party dress. She may be quite a mess, but I love her a lot. So what if she's not so neat? The bigger the figure, the better I like her. The better I like her, the better I feed her. The better I feed her, the bigger the figure, the bigger the figure, the more I can love. Whole squad full of fucking killers, I'm a killer too. Set it, shot, 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 nigga. Everybody get pop, 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 nigga. The big old run, 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 nigga. We set it, shot, 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 nigga. Six nine this and six nine that, niggas on my dick and on my yak. These niggas looking for me, you can hit my jack. I done drop my address. Yeah, it was six nine that.